Welcome back to the Freed from Feminism podcast. My name is Teresa. And my name is Beth. And on today's podcast episode, we are going to be talking about the topic of college. So whether you're about to go to college, maybe you're currently in college, or you know somebody who's in college or going to go to college, this episode will probably interest you. And you may be asking yourself, why are we talking about college on, you know, a podcast entitled Freed from Feminism? What could college possibly have to do with our topics? Well, the answer to that is everything. Women are over 60% of the college graduates nowadays. What does that tell us about our society? Does it tell us anything? On the surface, it says, wow, women are achieving more than ever. They are getting educated at rates never before seen in, you know, in undergrad or graduate level. Yay! Success. While in reality, we women are falling apart really and are more unhappy than ever. Um, so that's kind of why we're addressing this in this episode, because I think this is a, a subject that we don't really want to talk about um, right now because it's supposed to be a success story. Higher education for women is supposed to be the panacea to all of our problems besides abortion. You know, um, it, it's supposed to fix all of our problems and fix society's problems on the practical real level. There are enormous problems with this. And so we just kind of want to talk about this and, and how we can, um, maybe try to fix it in our personal everyday lives. Yeah, no, especially because you may be thinking right now, we sound insane. College is a great mm -hmm. thing for people, especially women nowadays. And college has this innocence in our culture nowadays because yes. it's so encouraged. I mean, I remember there's this line from one of my favorite shows, Gilmore Girls, where one of these, one of the characters who is, you know, a college educated woman was told some other character, what are you going to do without a college degree? Drive a forklift? Like, that's the... <laughs> this idea in our society nowadays that you can't do anything without a college degree. And when you get a college degree, it is the most wonderful thing. You can go out and you can it's make your, your dreams come true. Yeah. It's your ticket. I mean, even young kids, you know, they're little kindergarten graduations. You're asking them, what do you want to do when you grow up? Cause it's all about college. What are you going to study and become? And, and so with all of that pressure in society nowadays, we as women fall into it so much because we just want to go help people all the time. And we're thinking, oh, yeah, sure, I'll go so I can go be a doctor and I can heal people and so I can go be a scientist and cure cancer and, and all of that stuff. Um, and, and as you had said, but statistics show that with all of this nowadays, with all these like advantages for women to go to college and to have career – why are we showing that women are more unhappy? And you may not be convinced by that. You may think, no, women are totally happy, but that's not what society is saying. And uh, I think it would be best if we first started with our college experiences to kind of show that we did it. We did what society said, go to college, get a career that you think you're going to love and go influence society. And ultimately, we found that we fit with the statistics. We were unhappy. That's right. And and I'm glad you mentioned that. Like I can hear the the 
cynicism and the skeptical minds that are listening to us right now saying, um, really, really, you're not, you're not going to say that college is the best thing ever. Yeah. And, um, we both have experience in it. Both of us hold degrees. Beth holds a, I would say a higher degree. You know, as we've said in our previous podcasts, we have not only uh, achieved degrees, but we achieved success in our individual industries as well. So mm-hmm. we uh, actually, this is a, this is a, a situation where we have experience. And so we would like to talk to, about that a little bit. So yeah, I can start off with, with my experience, but yeah, go for um, it. so I went to uh, the largest Protestant university in the world. I got my degree in international relations because uh, at the age of 19, when I set my major, I wanted to be a language interpreter. (laughs) And that lasted for, oh, maybe a semester of my (laughs) collegiate life, but I just never changed it Mm because it was interesting. And, you know, why not pick a major that's just interesting to you? Um, and you know, I don't want to completely denigrate the whole college experience because there's lots of good things about the college experience. You know, I've spoken about before how I threw myself into politics and it's just so exciting on a collegiate level too, because you feel like you are part of a movement of, of really anything politics or, or anything, you know, because you're, you're, with people your own age, you're in a club, if you choose to be a club or a, or a society of some sort. Mm-hmm. And it's fun. You get together and you you discuss intellectual ideas or what you consider intellectual ideas at the age of 19. You, you know, you order pizza and you go on little road trips. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, it's part of a, an experience that in retrospect was unnecessary, but while you're going through it, it's, it's kind of fun. So there, there are lots of things to be, um, to be enjoyed in the whole, in the whole process. And so I paid for all that by student loans. Our family was not able to afford sending me or actually my brothers to college, like pretty much most of America. And so we did just like everyone else does um, in our situation. We just, I took out student loans to pay for it. And back then it was, uh, you know, I think it was around 22, 22 a year, um, not including books, not including living expenses and stuff. So times that by four, and you kind of understand the immensity of the, the debt at the end of four years. That's how I paid for it. And what I regret is besides even going to college, to be really honest, um, I would have that. That's what I probably really would do is Mm -hmm. if, if, if I could turn back the clock and just not have gone, that's probably what I would have, have done. And, and that's like you said, that sounds absolutely crazy, but 10 years after graduation now, I can say that with a surety because what, what did I leave with? I left with a degree that is worthless, 
my degree is in international relations. And that's basically like having a psychology degree or a philosophy degree without any higher level education. So it does not really qualify me to even teach at a primary school level. We're talking about really, truly a worthless degree. It qualifies me to have an interesting conversation sometimes. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. about it. Um, it, it, I left with, like I said, significant, extraordinarily burdensome college debt. I left with, yes, I left with experiences and I left with the ability to pay off the student loan debt and, and was able to get a good job. But when you really look at how I was able to get those jobs, to get those internships and experiences, it was nothing to do with my college degree. Not one job ever have I gotten because of my college degree. When I look, when I look back in retrospect, what did I really come away with, with my degree? Mm -hmm. And when you add on to the fact that experience in that piece of paper now is additionally useless because I don't, I purposefully don't want to use it. Mm -hmm. I now know my vocation and my true love in life was to be a wife and a mother. So what, what in, in reality did I come away with besides learning a lesson that I can now hopefully help other people with? So that sounds super negative. Um, mm -hmm. but <laughs> I really am so thankful that God allowed me to have those experiences so I can now hopefully help other people see that it's not necessary. You do not have to go through the 15 years of, of heartache and confusion mm -hmm. that I did. It, it does not have to be that, that complicated. It really doesn't. So that's, that should have been shorter, but that <laughs> no, <is> that was <laughs> good. I, one question that you, you mentioned that you wish you could turn back the clock and just not go at all. What do you think would have been your top choice in, in, I don't want to just say job or, I don't know, what would you do every day um, if you could go back and be 20 again if you weren't in college? Well, see, when, when you phrase a question that way, which I think is really important that we do talk about that, it, mm -hmm. when you're 19 or 20, at least when I was 19 and 20, you don't know what you want to do. Like I said, I wanted to be an interpreter. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Ask me, Beth, if I actually had the knowledge of a second language. Yeah, I was like, I didn't think do you knew another language. <laughs> I mean, I had, oh, maybe two years of high school French. Yeah. You, you have to have a native understanding of the language to be an interpreter. Mm -hmm. And so somehow I guess I thought I was going to get around that. Anyways, to, to answer your question though, I'm not sure what I would have done differently because at 19 or 20, your brain really isn't developed completely. Mm -hmm. That portion of your, your decision-making <laughs> part isn't, I, I heard a st statistics that I, I can't uh, repeat now just because um, I, I, I don't remember where it came from, but that woman's uh, brains specifically aren't fully developed until 21 and then it's later for men. So I, I'm not sure what I would have done differently back then. I, I, 
if I had some wise people in my life that, you know, encouraged me to do what we're talking about, I'm not even sure I would have done it, Beth, because when you're that age, you're super headstrong and you're like, oh no, I've got it. I'm, I'm going to be different. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be, I'm going to be the exception to the rule. You know, yeah. I'm going to work harder than everyone else. And, and even it's, it's kind of sick because, um, what I told myself is, well, no, this is God's path for me without yep. really even asking him very much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just wanted my path to be legitimate. So I mm-hmm. said, oh no, this is what God wills for me when I'm not sure that that really was the case. I would argue that 19 or 20 year olds shouldn't have to make that decision. We shouldn't put that pressure on 17, 18, 19 year old kids essentially to, to make that decision for the rest of your life. Because while you're in college, you, you think it's so easy. Oh, well, I'll just change my major. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can do that. But guess what? When you, when that degree is printed, it's set. It's set. And if you don't have work experience to match with, you know, what you really want to do, let's say if you do want to change it, you're kind of stuck and you're kind of stuck for life unless you go back and get your master's in something else or get a double degree or whatever. It's a little bit more serious than people take it um, in in college sometimes because it, it, it's a lifelong decision, especially when you pair it with student loan debt, mm-hmm. because then even if you have a plan and you're excited to be that marine biologist, you have now $80,000 worth of debt and an undergrad degree in marine biology. Mm-hmm. What what are you going to do with that? <laughs> you know, even if you get a job in that, you're going to be making like, what, 30000 starting, if that now? It's, it's, um, it's kind of untenable. So that's, that's how I would answer your question is... In reality, I'm not sure I would have listened. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I would have done anything differently if I had known because I personally was an exceptionally stubborn um, person. But also, I'm not sure anyone should be made to make that decision that early on in life. Why Why do you need to? Why? Why? Let's ask that question. Who? Who made this rule that you have to make a lifelong decision when you're 18 or 19 years old. Why can't you just take a break? Mm -hmm. I hate to use a modern term, but kind of find yourself Mm -hmm. before making this big decision. So anyway, that's good. I I asked mainly because that was one of my biggest fears at that time was what the heck am I going to do (laughs) if I don't go to college right now? Like I yeah, couldn't tell me think your about story. it. You answer all those questions. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because it's just it, there's so much pressure. Um, so all right. So my story for college, I was super into it. Mainly as I've I've mentioned before, like in our first episode, that is a lot of pressure from my family. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't mean pressure, it was all good pressure. And especially me, they saw that I was, you know, what they call smart and <laughs> driven. And I, I had what I had everything which was on paper, what they, what a college student would be. Um, and so it, it was almost a given that I would go and I accepted it. 
And because of that, I was convinced also that I knew what I wanted to do because uh, I had I'm a I'm somebody who likes to just gather as much information. It's just kind of my personality type, you know, do all of the research and come up with a conclusion based off that. I'm not really a gut reaction kind of person. So I had yeah. done a ton of research on my degrees, which I actually I started out with biomedical engineering. Um Oh, wow. Which is which is kind of a niche field, <laughs> which I didn't know, <laughs> even with all of my research, um, mainly because everything's sold to you on a silver platter in school as well. Um, I remember in uh, like my freshman year of college, we had this big engineering class where all the little freshman engineering students would get in the room and they would go over all the different kind of engineering degrees. And when they would talk about biomedical engineering, they would talk about how you could make prosthetics and medical devices that save lives. And I thought, oh my gosh, I could do that. That would be so cool. <laughs> um, because I, I really wanted to help people. And I knew that I, was, I wasn't very good with first aid kind of doctor stuff. So I figured, well, next best bet, I could make the devices that doctors use. Um, and so mm -hmm. that was kind of what drove me. And so and I was just, I was just really good at school. I mean, I struggled when I first got to college, which kind of humbled me because <laughs> I thought I was going to do great. And, and I mean, eventually I, I graduated with um, really good grades. But uh, what happened mid-college was I started to look at career. I mean, this was, I, I was really thinking things out. I wasn't one of those kids who was just said, oh, I'll do that. That sounds great. Um, I really looked at the different jobs that it could offer me and I found, which sounds really weird to people who are not in engineering, I couldn't get a job because <laughs> it sounds like, oh, woman, engineering, like that's where all the jobs are, lies. <laughs> it's not. Um, and it's mainly <laughs> because <laughs> biomedical engineering isn't really the kind of degree you get. If you want to design something like prosthetics, you go into something like mechanical engineering. So being the ambitious person I was, I said, well, why not major in both? <laughs> so wow. now I've got two majors and I'm graduate. I ended up graduating in four and a half years instead of four just to get both of them done. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So, and I mean, that's basically what I set my mind on to um, was like everything devoted to getting a job. Now, what I liked about all of this college experience was it, it fit a little bit with my personality because I was so, I just liked learning. So it was fascinating learning some of my classes. And I was just really good studier. I was a good test taker. It, I mean, everything just fit into it. So that was enjoyable for me. But little did I know, all of that is not what the real world engineering job is like. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. a whole different ball game when you're mm -hmm. in a career than when you're studying for it. So I might have been really good at solving that engineering problem to find the force of the beam, but it's not really your everyday engineering job. And I didn't know that. And then I also enjoyed mainly the fact that I, this the experience, and I think would I, if I went back and I said it, would I do it over again? I think it would have been super hard to convince me. I was a lot like you. I was stubborn that this isn't the place for you. Um, because in my life at the time, I felt like I needed to get out of my house in a way and do my own thing. And I got really swept up into that when I got to college. 
So some of that was good because I made some friends and, you know, it did help me kind of dive into my faith a little bit more slowly. I think I wasn't super into my faith, even though I thought I was at the time. Um, so, I mean, those were good things, but there was also downsides to that too, because I felt like I, I wasn't a partier or anything like that, but I think I just got so obsessed with me, me, me and my friends and my thing and, you know, um, mm-hmm. it made me mm-hmm. kind of selfish in that way. Um, but if see the other thing is I have a little different experience than you in the fact that I was able to pay for college without any debt which I consider an extreme blessing now because I almost didn't I went to a state school and I almost went to a private university so (laughs) that would have caught me um and I I think I think it was really the Lord who guided me to the state university um so I mean, a lot of people, even now, you would go back to me and you'd say, oh, wow, you can pay for school for, you know, no money. <laughs> I mean, I still, I worked really hard. That's how I did it was I basically got scholarships and, and worked to pay for the rest of it. And I had my parents as a safety net. So um, they would say, oh, well, then just go to college. Well, you got it paid for. You're smart, you know, go for it. Um, mm-hmm. But what I wish I would have thought of more if I could go back in time is, what are you really thinking you're doing with your life? Like not just the degree, not just the concept of a job. I mean, you think engineer is a concept. You think, oh, build things to help people. Like it, that's not your day-to-day life. Like what is it going to be like right. in your day-to-day life? Um, which is super hard to try to understand, mainly because everything you're going to look up is going to preach to you like it's the best thing in the world because <laughs> um, they want people in yeah. that field. Um, and yeah, so I literally, literally with yours, literally the STEM indoctrination of women. Oh my God. I don't know. You, you should maybe talk about that because yes. <laughs> they literally want women to get into that, right. those fields. And I, I actually never advocated it just because I was like, girls don't want to stop pressuring them. <laughs> it's like some girls do like me, but I'm already here. So like, <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to pressure anymore. Um, yeah. And I was just like, and I mainly, I, I mean, I would see a lot of guys in engineering who would just get pushed aside or not considered for jobs because, well, they weren't female and companies have diversity requirements. Oh my gosh. Like, oh. you know, <laughs> so I was more easily looked at than a lot of like, you know, male counterparts with the same degree as me. It depends, but wow. yeah. And I don't know. It's, and the other thing I would have thought of too is what are you really doing with your life? And I think we don't, especially young Catholics nowadays, we don't, we always talk about vocation and discern your vocation, but then all of them just become the joke order of per- perpetual discerners. Like, <laughs> it's just what they do. They just, you know, they focus on college for now and, oh, I'll decide later. And yeah, I'd like to be married one day and, or something like that, but they never or they use do like- anything. Right. They use college to yep. discern. Like yep, this institution time. to discern what God made you for, which is perhaps strange. I know. And I mean, I I remember there were times in college where I thought, wait a second. I don't think engineering is one of those jobs that like I could take care of kids to at the same time. And mm. I just pushed it away. Like I didn't think much about it. I so thought, sorry oh, when when did you have that thought 
in college, I actually had that thought, but it was Interesting. Just a, one of those fleeting thoughts that comes to your mind. And then you tell yeah. yourself, like you said, you're the exception. <laughs> I, I told myself, oh, I'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not married now. I don't have kids now. Like <laughs> That's so far off. I mean, the world yeah. is going to change so much by the time I get married. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I don't know, maybe I'll work for five years and then my husband will work for five years. But what was I thinking? Who was going to take care of my kids? Like, (laughs) you know, Um, so all of those things would be really uh, it's that's why this topic is so tricky, because the pressure from society is so big. And even us, if we could go back in time, are not even sure we could convince our younger selves not to take the plunge. (laughs) It takes so much. It took like for both of us, it took, you know, all those years of working. I mean, you had more than I did, but you had those years of working and those years of college and all of that time combined with you know, the influence of God on your life that like light bulbs go off that would not go off if you hadn't had that experience in ways. Exactly. That That's the unfortunate part of this whole discussion is that we're basically asking people not to breathe. Yeah. That's how much college is ingrained in our culture right now. So we understand totally that you may be thinking, okay, they're bonkers, or you may kind of agree with us, but everyone around you will think you are bonkers if you (laughs) talk about this. And I mean, it's just, it's something that I think our society is, is perhaps waking up to just a little bit now. If you remember Beth, I think this was probably five or 10 years ago that Silicon Valley, specifically Google, I think stopped requiring a college degree for their recruiting really yeah and so obviously they were the first people to do that um they were way innovative back then um but i personally think i think we're moving towards that that reality just because of financial reasons in our society but mm-hmm. um that's neither here nor there i so why maybe we should talk about just really briefly before we wrap up here why um why we would recommend a reevaluation of college specifically for women from two perspectives. So from like a, a practical and financial perspective, and then from a spiritual perspective. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, those are two really good points because yeah, practical and financial, you have to consider when you're going to college really how much money that is and that's super hard for an 18 year old um it's impossible wrap their mind i i didn't understand how much money it was i mean i thought i had a concept of money but i don't think you really understood Mm -hmm. um and that's why it's good if you're maybe somebody who knows somebody who's about to go to college i don't know maybe you have a family member you're a youth minister or whatever the fact may be um to just sit them down and break down the numbers that if you go to college and it costs this much you will have to work for know, 10 years paying this much a month to pay off your debt. You'll put right. it into perspective. Say, do you want to be married one day? Do you want to have kids? When is this all going to happen? And in, in that if you have to pay off this debt, maybe you got you have to stay with a job. You can't stay at home. Um, right. And, and just kind of putting, I don't know, just 
just trying to get them to understand how much money it is and trying to mainly encourage them that if they still want to go find an alternative, find something else that they can do in the meantime. Now, like my husband and I talked that I heard this on another podcast and it was a mom of, she had a lot of kids and she said that what they do, they homeschool their kids and that they have them graduate a year early and then have them do something for a year, like a vocational type school, like a vocational school mm-hmm. or trade thing so that they can, it's kind of like what you said, find yourself, you know, um, yeah. they can get just some sort of experience in that. So you do that and then you say, okay, well, I still want to go to college. You know, at least you, you've taken time to consider what it is that you're doing. Yeah, and then graduating with as little as debt and then also choosing something that would work with your vocation, which kind of leads into your second question. Really, your primary focus should all be about your vocation. And that's only because the church tells us that's how we're going to gain holiness. As you live out your vocation to its fullest every day and devote yourself to God and you become holy. And and that's our whole point in life. There's no other point. We talk about money and goals and helping other people and all that, but Honestly, that's none of that compares in a sense to getting to heaven and you get to heaven by trying to become holy in this life, you know? Um, And so it, you know, just putting some hard, deep thought in what you want to do instead of going to college. If you keep feeling like a tiny tinge of religious life, you're not signing yourself up for it. Just go spend a year living with some sisters. Like (laughs) you're not Mm -hmm. making commitments yet. Just give God the time. You know, if you want to be married, Prepare yourself for marriage. Prepare yourself for him in such a way that you're, I don't know, what you're doing every day uh, and, you know, not racking up debt if you can. Um, Consider your future um, marriage in that way. And then prepare yourself for kids, you know, help out with other children. I wish I had done that. (laughs) Learn how to take care of kids. Take time doing that if you can. So what would you say? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I agree with everything you just said. I have just a little different perspective, not, I guess I have a little different emphasis um, just because of my personal experience. But so for the practical side, the reason why you should consider maybe doing something else than college, or at least just postponing it Mm -hmm. until you have a really good understanding of what you want to do for the rest of your life is so number one, really, like you said, consider the expense. And I know when you're 17, 18, 19, you, you have no idea what that kind of money is. And that sounds condescending. I realize that, but take it from someone who at 19 racked up about $120,000 worth of debt you have no idea how much that really is until you have to pay that back. Mm-hmm. So to get down to brass tacks, that is about a $1,200 per month payment for many, many years. So like Beth said, you really need to like be really sure. Are you going to get a ma- have a major? Are you going to have a degree that allows you to pay that per month with ease and do everything else you want to do. It's not necessarily even by, you know, about getting by because the whole point of college in our society's mind is to allow you to have a better life, right? 
Mm-hmm. It's supposed to allow you to get out of the kind of grind of everyday kind of existence and, you know, to raise you up to middle, middle classdom. Mm-hmm. Well, are you actually going to do that by going to college with the degree that you want? Because I went to a private university. I did a lot of really cool things in college that should have and did allow me to earn quite a bit of money. But guess what? When you have a, an enormous, you have basically two mortgage payments per month then, mm-hmm. or two rent payments if you're renting. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't, if you don't really practically in reality have a, a good enough plan to live well and pay that per month for many, many years, for decades, mm-hmm. then really, really try to consider a different path. Mm-hmm. So that that's my financial um, or practical sense is uh, the expense is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, there's no guarantee of a job after that. Yep. There is absolutely no guarantee. And if you don't believe me, Google it. Or just ask your your friends. Like we have friends that have master's degrees now that are working jobs that make them about fifteen to twenty thousand dollars per year. So mm-hmm. both the woman and the man must work just to survive. Mm-hmm. And this is this is again master's level people. While on the other hand, we have friends that never went to college went to a trade school or just started working right after high school and they are making 50 to 90 thousand dollars a year it really the the college degree is essentially a high school diploma now um, yeah we've we've devalued it so yeah. but let's say okay even if even if um, you are willing to put yourself in that debt or you don't have to, Let's say you have a scholarship to cover everything. Is college beneficial? Oh, my little baby. Oh, <laughs> that's okay. Cute little baby noises in the background. people. <laughs> Unless she starts screaming, I'm just going to continue. Just wanted to mention this little factoid from the Federal Reserve um, that I found this morning. The student loan debt broken down by age groups. So the people who are pushing college on, you know, millennials and younger, what would you say are, you know, in the the 50 to 60 year old age range, maybe a little bit younger? Mm-hmm. Well, they have student loan debt that is one half or one third the size of people between the ages of 30 to 39 or younger. So in 2017, the the student loan debt for the ages 30 through 39 is 461 billion, and the student debt for 40 through 49 is 278 billion. For 50 through 59, it's 177 billion. So we have almost three times as much debt we 30 through 39 as our parents essentially that's 15 percent of the entire 
the entirety of student loan debt, which is $1.52 trillion in America, by the way. That's second only to mortgage debt. Wow. Yeah, which is completely unsustainable. So let's just say that you can afford that. Let's just say that you are blessed enough to afford a, a private school or you're just willing to take on that debt. Let's talk about the spiritual aspect of this or the um, the religious aspect. What What is your focus in life? What is your um, goal in life? Is it to earn a lot of money? Is it to have accomplishments? Is it to, you know, be able to travel the world at any, at any moment? The church tells us our life is about finding our big V vocation and our big V vocation being, are you going to get married or are you going to be a religious? Like, are you going to be a priest? Are you going to be a religious sister going to the convent or whatever? That's the, those are the options. That's the, that's what the church gives us. And does going to college facilitate those? Like does going to your state or, or your Christian college, are you learning the virtues there that are going to help you in that vocation? Kind of what, what you so eloquently said earlier, Beth, I would argue it does not. Um, Mm -hmm. in either case, you know, you don't have classes in humility, (laughs) even, even at the colleges that Mm -hmm. we're familiar with. You don't have classes on virtuousness. You may have a portion of a moral theology class that talks about that. But when you think about how you're going to live your everyday life in and fulfill and uh, succeed in that big V vocation, you you need more than one tiny portion of one class. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So no, I would say it's college is a part of the little V vocation which is secondary to a life of a Christian in in reality. And if that secondary pursuit gets in the way of the big V vocation, we have a problem. Mm -hmm. So if it's secondary to your life as a Christian, as making you a better person, as fulfilling your duties and responsibilities and, and allegiance to God, like I said, you, we may have a problem. So that's that's kind of my my two cents on on both the financial and or practical and the the spiritual reasons to to maybe reconsider going to college or just postponing. So mm-hmm. anyways, I think we covered most of what we wanted to cover today. Beth, do you have any anything else to add? No, I I mean uh, just what you said was beautiful. I mean, we tell all of our all of our kids to choose college educations nowadays and to what are you going to go to school for? rather than what do you want to live your life for, your big B vocation. Um, and I think that's where we need to change our, our focus. And if, if any listeners are listening and they think, well, you know, I already went to college or I'm in college and I'm stuck now, you know, we hope that some future episodes can help you in those, in, in your point in life right now, um, whether you've found your vocation right now or not. Um, cause we've lived it and we know it's difficult. Um, so yeah, but we're just, we're just trying to encourage girls that are are considering it if they can to just to really look at the whole big picture, which we know is very difficult. But hopefully, we can influence um, those who are young now. Exactly, and we really should mention that that that's an excellent point, Beth. Of 
this episode was about talk trying to get people before they take the plunge and 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 um, go into either de- debt or just you know four years that that may not be useful to them in the long term. But we really our purpose at Freed from Feminism is to encourage you and to provide you some practical ways to make your life better. So we definitely want to do an episode um, later on that will uh, give you some tips and some inspiration as to how you can, like Beth said, once you've already made those decisions to kind of um, help help yourself out and to get out of the, you know, a mess or or just um, try to live a better life. So we'll definitely try to to do an episode of what now I'm, I'm 30. I've already made those decisions. I've incurred the debt or I've, I'm sitting here working a job I don't love. Um, what, what do I do? So Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll definitely try to do um, an episode on that later. All right. Well, yeah. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Freed from Feminism. Please do um, consider just sharing this on your social media. It really, really helps us to get um, listens and to get um, our name out there so more people can be helped. Um, Subscribe to it in iTunes or wherever else you're listening to us. And again, um, we would love to hear from you shoot us an email or send us a tweet. Um, our email address is freedfromfeminism at gmail.com. And um, you can direct message us or um, use the has- hashtag freedfromfeminism. Our Twitter handle is um, at freedfeminism. And we will um, answer any questions in our next podcast. So thanks again for listening. God be with you. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye.